This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Cedic Run. Summer running is in full effect, and if you're still trying to find the right pair of shoes, there's only one place that you need to go. With some of the top running brands and the help of experts Richard and Adam, you are sure to walk or run out of the store with exactly what you need. You may stop for shoes, but be sure to check out their awesome selection of GPS watches, running clothes, running nutrition products, recovery tools, and honestly, so much more. The Thursday night rhombus runs are also in full swing, so if you're looking for a great opportunity to run with others and enjoy a free, that's right, free pint of beer, head to the shop each Thursday evening at 7 p.m. All distances and paces are welcome. That's Cedic Run, located in downtown Grand Forks. Ragnarok Athletic Club is hosting its first ever summer track camp. On Tuesday, June 22nd, from 6 to 8 p.m. in Grand Forks on Cushman Field, Ragnarok coaches and athletes will be leading kids entering grades K through 8 with the opportunity to try new events like javelin and pole vault. Plus, every participant receives a Team Ragnarok t-shirt. Cost is only $25. You can pre-register now by visiting the Ragnarok Athletic Club Facebook page, or we'll make sure that we have the link on our social media as well. That's Ragnarok Athletic Club. Finally, we want to say thank you to Draymond Enterprises. Draymond Enterprises. Innovation. Reimagined. On this episode of the podcast, I get the pleasure of sitting down with five athletes who will be competing in the USA Track and Field Olympic Trials. Starting tomorrow, June 18th, and over the course of the next 10 days, we will watch athletes compete for a spot on Team USA at the Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo. Our interview will include previous guest Alex Talley, where you're going to hear from a lot of fresh voices. Benji Phillips, Terry Wolf, Peyton Otterdahl, and Maddie Nillis will share their experiences heading into the trials, what they hope to accomplish, and what this opportunity means to them. Now I know, some of you are shocked because three of these guests aren't from North Dakota. Close enough. Anytime that we can celebrate track and field athletes from the Midwest doing awesome things, we want to celebrate that. North Dakota natives not included in our show, but who you can keep tabs on are Madeline Strandamo, she'll be competing in the steeplechase, and Riley Dolezal, who will be competing in the javelin. Before we begin our show, I want to give you one final reminder of our Olympic Trials contest that takes place. The Prairie Track and Field Olympic Trials Pick'em Game is live, and you have until tomorrow, Friday, June 18th, to fill out your picks. For each event, you're going to choose the three athletes whom you believe will finish in the top three. Super easy. It's a Google form. We've already got the people uploaded. You just need to choose who you think will finish in the top three and listen to these prizes. Our prize package includes a Cedic Run t-shirt and a Roots Running Project t-shirt plus Morton Nutrition products donated by professional runner and friend of the podcast, Lexi Zeiss. If you want to play, if this sounds interesting to you, you can find the link to our contest on our social media pages. You have until tomorrow, June 18th at 8 a.m. Central Time to submit your picks. So be sure to get on it. Enough about us. Let's dive into today's episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast Olympic Trials Preview. I am hanging out with Alex Sally tonight. If you are a listener to the podcast, you are no stranger to who he is. We've had him on before. Alex, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? 
Dude, living the dream. Always a pleasure to have you on. Well, it's always a pleasure to be on. Yeah. Well, we've been following you pretty close. We've been posting about you a lot because you've done some pretty incredible things this outdoor season. And I know this is an Olympic trials dedicated episode, but let's not skip over NCAAs this weekend. Can we go ahead and chat about that real quick? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with how I did this weekend. You know, it was a big meet, and it was my second best meet of the year. Only other time I've been over 70 meters in the hammer. So, you know, can't can't complain with that. Sixth place in the steepest competition in NCAA history, as far as I know. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and honestly, watching the live stream, I got to watch just the hammer, the camera that was dedicated to that. It just seemed like guys were really stepping up. It was big throw after big throw, and there was a lot of improvements and a lot of, like, jostling place-wise throughout the competition. What was it like to be a part of that atmosphere? Um, You know, it everything you've heard about the Oregon track with how nice it is and how, like, perfect it is and whatever else, how it's just been built, every part of it is true. That hammering was the best hammering I've ever been in. Um, nobody had any complaints. Uh, weather was great, and I think it showed in the results. Everybody was just going crazy there. Um, it was kind of difficult when you're in the meet. You know, I kind of I took a different route this time of being more just focused on myself. And mm-hmm. if I threw as far as I could, that'd be good enough for me. So yeah. I wasn't really keeping track of anybody else, I guess. They – there was a lot of people moving back and forth. A lot of people had great marks, but, you know, I kind of just kept my head down, focused on me, and I knew what I thought would go, and that's kind of what I focused on hitting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes it's the most important. You always, yeah. like, you actually uh, jumped ahead to one of my questions because oftentimes the hammer throw is what's, you know, not given the most attention as far as facility goes. Usually you're a half mile away throwing somewhere that's not even close to the track and it's usually not as nice, but I'm really happy to hear that they definitely paid some attention to it. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really nice. And uh, like, as far as like seating goes, there wasn't a ton of seating, but there was like an upper viewing deck where like parents could see and like other athletes could see. And you looked down at the field, which was a really cool. Um, it made for a really great viewing experience when I watched uh, the girls throw and it, I don't know. I think everybody enjoyed watching from there. It was a really cool field. Yeah, yeah. It really looked like it. And how? what would you say about this statement? You got a really good audition for the Olympic trials, like a trial <laughs> run, test run. You got to compete at the stadium where you're going to be throwing here in just a few days. What do you think? Was it a good test run? Um. Yeah, I loved it there. And, you know, and I – I loved it there. That's that's an understatement. That was a one of the best. That was probably the best track I've ever been at. Um, it's hard to even believe that there's a better track out there. Um, truthfully, like that's how amazing it was. Um, yeah, I guess I'm excited to go back. A lot of the other guys that are throwing there have also been there, so you know it's I'm not the only one that's been there. But a lot of the top dogs have been there too. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. they all like it too. And uh, the only thing I would say that was kind of funny about the meet is when we were practicing like two days before one of the like practice throws hit the ending net and went mm-hmm. out of the field and landed in a flower bed. Oh, no way. Yeah. It was just like barely out of the field, <laughs> but it was kind of like, Oh, a brand new facility and someone's already ruining it. And then another kid 
um, I shouldn't say kid, another guy hit the net and it came down on a water valve and it broke a water pipe and flooded it. What? Oh man, this is why track and field can't have nice things. So, <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, it was awesome. It was just hilarious my first time there that this happened. But yeah. So, in a couple, what day do you actually throw at the Olympic trials? What date do you throw? Uh, Friday. Would that be June nineteenth? Yeah. Really? So you're just coming. You're just coming up here in a few short days. Yep. Yep. Now, you had to choose. Some a position that you have not really been in too often. Um, mm-hmm. Most meets that you've been to, you get to throw shot put and hammer. It might work out that, you know, they're different days or they might work out that they're different times in the competition. But here you had to choose between shot put and hammer. You chose hammer. Tell me about the process in making that decision. Um, you know, the, the thought process was pretty straightforward on this one. Um, I didn't do well at regionals, and I didn't make it to nationals in shot put. Um, uh, feel, feel free to go into more detail. I don't mind talking about that. But with that being said, I haven't thrown shot put in two to almost three weeks now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like that was the right choice, I guess, as far as, like, I feel like I'm in form for hammer. Um, I would, I only get two days of practice before I go back. Um, two days isn't a whole lot to feel prepared for something you haven't done in half a month, I guess. Yeah. There's a thought process behind it. Um, had, um, shot put and hammer not been at the same time, I definitely would have done both, but, uh, unfortunately that, that wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, very excited for you in the hammer. Now, have you looked at the competitor list who all you're going to be throwing against? Um, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, it's a really cool moment for me because a lot of those guys have been role models for me as I've, uh, kind of gotten more into track and field and more into the hammer throw. So, you know, I'm kind of throwing with some idols, I guess. Is how yeah. I is there, it. is there like any one or two in particular that you're like really looking forward to competing against? Um, I don't know if you know who Sean Donnelly is, but mm-hmm. he's kind of like a big name. He threw for the U of M. Um, and he's having a great year. He's at 79 meters, big PRs for him. But I uh, grew up, or I shouldn't say grew up, when I first got to college and I was learning it, I watched his YouTube channel where he goes into technical details about, like, people, like, pay him to critique his their form. And I used to watch those videos all the time. They used to get, like, 100 views, and I was one of them. <laughs> so, you know, Sean, if you hear that, I'm a big fan, man. <laughs> Dude, right on. And, you know, you got to remember it's that balance of going to the meet and being really excited to compete against some of these guys, but not being starstruck and, and knowing how to compete. And I feel like if anybody knows how to do it, it's you, Mr. Tally. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool feeling where I'm at because I'm not ranked very high. I'm like 16th or 17th. Like I'm not really supposed to have a spot in finals, which uh it's kind of like a disheart- it's kind of like a sad thing if you choose to look at it that way. But um, as far as I see it, you know that's PR or bust. It's that kind of year, and uh, I'm gonna go there and I hit a PR. I think I can. I'm gonna need a big PR to make finals, but you know that's the goal. So. Yeah, dude. Well, you know that we're gonna be cheering for you. We're some of your biggest fans here at the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Now, one <laughs> of the last things that I need you to do for me is I just sent you a link to the track town pizza uh pizza menu and 
if anybody have you ever been to Tracktown Pizza, first of all? I've never been to Tracktown Pizza, no. Ooh, okay. Well, you need to make a trip there because I feel like it is kind of the it's like a I don't want to say it's a mecca for pizza, but it's it's a very like well established place in Eugene. Like if you go to NCAAs, you need to go there. And I'm actually kind of surprised you haven't been there. Could you just yeah. go through the list here and tell me which pizza you're you're choosing? You know, I have a really bad taste in pizza. I want you to know this. Bad taste in pizza? Reason to say that. What? Yeah. Dude. Oh, so, the so reason what? I say that is because I like pineapple on pizza. No, I love pineapple on pizza. Okay, so I'm looking yeah, at... Yeah, but I can tell you a lot of people don't. <laughs> I know, and there's something seriously wrong with those people. So let me just uh, make it easy for you. It sounds like you're going to go there and you're probably going to do the one called the Hawaiian Punch. Yeah, I was looking at that one, but, you know, I feel like in the spirit of our friendship, I should get the the decathlon. Dude. Okay, for the listeners. That, just for you. Well, I appreciate that. For the listeners here, the decathlon has Canadian bacon, salami, pepperoni, fresh mushrooms, green peppers, red onions, black olives, Italian sausage, ground beef, and tomatoes. So, dude, well, if you have a slice of that decathlon pizza, you got to tell me how it is, okay? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of hurt they don't have any uh, throwing events in this. Well, I see one called the Hammer. Oh, you see the one called the Hammer? I'm missing it. You must be missing it. Mm. I see that. I see the Hammer. Um, and that one is pepperoni, linguicha, and pepperoncini. Don't I don't know two of those three ingredients, but it might be worth it ago might be worth a try doesn't matter i don't know what they are either but i'm gonna get it okay hey well <laughs> we are so excited that you are at the olympic trials that was something we had foreshadowed when we interviewed you back a while ago and and dude go out there give it your best shot and we can't wait to tell our audience about how you did yeah thank you i appreciate that yeah i'll give it my best absolutely dude anything else you want to talk about here or anything else you want to cover any shout outs you need to give um I guess shout out to Sean Donnelly. I kind of, uh, I kind of uh, talked about him earlier. You know, YouTube. Uh, I think he's he goes by Sean Donnelly dropping knowledge bombs. Um, <laughs> I think on Instagram he's at uh, SD Throws. So okay. give him a follow. He's a pretty funny guy. He's got a lot of character to him. So, dude, good stuff. All right. Sounds good, my man. Well, best of luck to you, and uh, we'll chat soon. Yeah, look forward to it. All right. right, Take it easy. Yeah, talk to you later, brother. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye. How are you doing? Oh, just lovely, lovely. How are you? Dude, I'm doing pretty well. Where are you zooming from right now? Uh, my kitchen in Fargo. Okay. So Sweet. I'm just 
can hang out there. Sweet. Now for the the listeners that don't know, Benji, you and I were roommates. My fifth year would have been your second year, right? Yes, sir. And we got a three-year age gap there. So um, who are you roommates with now? Uh, Max Otterdahl. Uh, he's a shot putter on the team as well. I mean, shot putter in, you know, the other throws too. And then Christopher Thompson, who is our Danish man, shot putter on the team as well. Dude, well, good stuff. Good stuff. You are coming off like a huge weekend. Um, I sent you a text. Congratulations. But here, I'll extend it again. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. First, let's talk about the, the student part of student athlete. You walked away from the NCAA championships with the Elite 90 award, which goes to the male. And there's one for the male side, one for the female side. But you were the male athlete with the highest GPA at the NCAA championships. Dude, what kind of were you expecting that? Was that a surprise or a complete shock? Um, to be completely honest with you, I didn't even know that the award actually existed until <laughs> um, my coach like told me to hang out on the field because I was getting it. So it was absolutely a big shock. But yeah, I'm super thankful to get that. It was really cool. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about the athlete part. Your first NCAA championships and you walk away with a first team All-American uh, accolade. Eighth place in the javelin. Just kind of walk us through the competition. Maybe like how you were feeling the day before, day of, in the competition. Let, let us know what that experience was like. All right. So the day before, um, pretty standard as far as any meet goes. Um, I was probably a little bit more nervous than usual um, just because the stakes were so high. But mm-hmm. we really don't do a whole lot as far as what goes on the day before. Um, kind of little R&R, get ready for the meet, get mentally prepped and stuff. So that was pretty standard. Um, the day of though was uh, hanging out at the hotel because we competed in the evening. So just mm-hmm. hanging out all day, my nerves just like churning and shaking <laughs> up and down the hotel room. Uh, that was a little hectic. And then on our ride to the stadium, it started like raining pretty hard. So mm. that kind of got my nerves up a little more. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then we got there and I kind of you know hung out while the first flight threw in the rain. And then it thankfully stopped for when I threw. So that was like a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. And even though I had stopped on my first throw, I uh, I ended up like slipping and falling down and like sliding across the the surface a little bit. But no way. It was still, yeah, it was still, I think my best throw of the three first throws I got, oddly enough, that was the one that got me in the finals, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of crazy. But yeah. Um, wasn't a fantastic series for me. I was uh, probably a little more nervous than I should have been, and I kind of tightened up a little bit. And mm-hmm. you know, things just don't tend to go as well when you're when you're so tight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to improve on that mark a little bit in my uh, three throws I got in finals, which is enough to knock somebody down uh, to ninth and put myself up into eighth, which was kind of the kind of the big goal is to get that that All American spot up there. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's just so exciting. When you said you slid across the surface, I thought you were going to say you fouled it. And so here I am like picturing like a slip and slide. You just like <laughs> sliding multiple feet across the line, but you saved it. I did. I yes. Thankfully, threw far enough back that it's uh, no, I'm sure I was close, but I had to have some lady like check out my hands to make sure there was no blood or anything. Oh, really? Kind of concerned. <laughs> Zip the craft. But. Mm. 
<laughs> Man. Okay, well, this episode is like more so dedicated to the Olympic trials and you are no stranger to track and field. Your dad has been, a, how long has your dad been a track coach in Glasgow, Montana? Ooh, probably getting around uh, 15-ish to 20 years he's been coaching there. Yes, I mean, that's like most of your life. So you've grown up with mm-hmm. this and I'm sure the Olympics are something that you watched from a very early age. How do you feel that you are going to be throwing at the Olympic trials? Oh, I mean, under like excited as an understatement. I'm just like kind of in awe that I have this opportunity ahead of me. Um, you know, it's absolutely something I've been been dreaming of for for a long time. You know, ever since I kind of got into the track and field scene, it's really been uh, you know one of those really lofty goals that I set for myself. So it's kind of like unreal to think that we're here now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. It's interesting. I think back to uh, when we interviewed Riley in one of our first episodes, Riley Dolezal, and he talked about the very first time he got to the trials, just like he was so excited. And I'm just, when I had reached out to you about hopping on the episode, I just like, couldn't help but make that comparison. Like you're probably about the similar to the age Riley was, and you're going to get this opportunity. And we are so excited for you over here at the Prairie Track and Field Pod. I really appreciate it. Really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah. Now we just talked to Tally and he had mentioned that this was going to be a neat opportunity because there was a few guys that he looked up to when he first got into the hammer and guys he's watched and now he gets to compete alongside of them. You have had the luxury that you have one of the top American javelin throwers at NDSU training with you in Riley. But is there anybody that you're specifically looking forward to going up against in the javelin flights? Um, not specific. I mean, I will be competing against Riley. That's going to be kind of fun because, I mean, I practiced with Riley today. I threw with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a good relationship. But there's a couple guys that made the NCAA meet that um, should be going to the trials as far as I know. So a couple, couple good guys that I've met around college. Um, I mean, there's a couple pros there too, like uh, Shuey will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoy watching him. You know, very successful and very good at what he does. So it's kind of, kind of just a cool thing to sit back and watch these guys and just you know look at what you're doing versus what they're doing and, and try and uh, make a connection for how we can get up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, it's gonna be really fun to get to maybe get another crack at some of those NCAA guys that finished a little bit ahead of you at this meet last weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So with Javelin, if anybody has seen pictures or videos or been to Hayward Field, you guys get the awesome privilege of getting to throw the Javelin runway is right down the middle of the track. You've got stands on both sides. All eyes are on you. For us peasants that have not been to the new Hayward Field, can you just tell us how amazing the new track is? Is it what it's hyped up to be? Oh, it's absolutely meets every single amount of hype that's ever been you know, <laughs> surrounding it. It's just like jaw dropping. It is just phenomenally awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. What's, what's like something that stood out the most to you that maybe you were like, oh my gosh, they even have this or probably their like underground practice facility type deal when you're walking on like the main concourse about to go into the stadium 
there's uh there's a little like glass looking uh, sphere that kind of looks down into it and so you can see their like indoor pole vault area and you can kind of see their indoor javelin area where you end up throwing into a net so and you can see the little running track that goes down under underneath the stadium and so it's that's pretty spectacular yeah man that sounds so neat now you pretty much got the perfect trial run for the olympic trials you just competed at that that facility you had pretty good atmosphere i know they weren't letting a lot of spectators in but like the stands had people in them how are you going to control those nerves that you maybe felt a little bit at ncaa's and how are you gonna maybe approach this meet differently um i think a couple of the the things come from like a couple of my uh nervous reactions were a little bit from you know the weather and like trying to deal with the track surface because it was a little um little spongy and a little soft compared to some of the other ones i've thrown on mm -hmm. that was kind of running in the back of my mind but i have a pretty good feel for for how that is now and i guess kind of the mindset a little bit um i was trying to tell myself just to go out and have fun but sometimes I think I struggle with that a little bit when you get so darn competitive, you just want to win so bad. It's hard to sit out there and enjoy that. So I think realizing that and actually being able to go out and enjoy this, this experience that I'll be able to have is, is something really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. And I think, like you said, a lot of the, it seems like javelin, especially a lot of the throwers are most likely going to be collegiates, guys that you just competed against. It might not be, let's say you're in the hundred and you've got these pros on either side of you, or you've got an event like the 5k where you've got all these professionals that you see on Instagram, but for you, it's like not going to be that much different. So hopefully you can just go out there and, and let it rip, not and get too tense, like you said, but just <laughs> go out and get after it. Right now. Yeah. Relaxed and powerful. Dude. Now I just sent you the menu for track town pizza. Have you, first of all, have you been? I have not. Oh man, we're 0 for 2. Where, what are you guys doing when you go to Eugene? Okay. Oh, um, so we, oh, go ahead. No, go for it. I want to hear it. Um, so we found this really good diner, like the original pancake house or something like that. And that was some of the best breakfast food I've ever had. And really? they had like, yeah, so we actually like, we found it one day and then we ate up there like every single day following <laughs> it. So I don't know if we went there like four times or what it ended up to be. And then they had like really big portions there. So I would like eat this big meal at like nine or 10 and then I wouldn't be hungry until about like dinner time. So huh. I really cut down on the you know, places that I went to. Okay. Well, just so you know, Tracktown Pizza is kind of a staple and I want you to just scroll through their pizza menu. If you are going to eat a pizza, where are you going to eat? And actually, hold on. While you scroll through that, we got to take a step back because, well, number one, we're cheating a little bit because this is a North Dakota podcast and you're from Glasgow, Montana. Okay. But we'll overlook that for a second. But you're from Glasgow, Montana, which is home to Montana's best pizza 10 years running. 20 years running I don't know 30 years running which is ironically called Eugene's correct me if I'm wrong 
You are right. <laughs> so you're going to go to Eugene this weekend, and you're going to eat at Trackdown Pizza. Well, I don't know actually when you're going to Eugene, but hopefully you eat at Trackdown Pizza. Which one of these are you going to get? Oh, man. Um, so at the Eugene's Pizza in Glasgow, they have some delicious barbecue chicken. And mm. so I've kind of been into that uh, for quite a while. So that looks pretty darn good. But I'm also uh, big into the supreme meat types. Um, so this hammer pizza, which is just absolutely loaded with everything. Oh man, that looks that looks pretty scrumptious. Okay. So I have to go with one of those too. Okay. Well, that sounds good. But hey, Benji, best of luck to you. We will be cheering you on here from the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Thanks for coming on and and get after it. When do you actually leave? What day will you actually leave? And then what day will you actually compete? Uh, we take off this Wednesday. Uh, we fly down there. And then I end up competing on Saturday for the preliminary ones. So you get three throws to make it in the top nine. And if you do that, then you move on and uh, throw on Monday where you get six throws to compete there. When you do that. When you do that. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, well, Best of luck, man, and we'll chat soon. All right. Thank you. Much appreciated. So I'm here hanging out with Kerry Wolf, the newly minted first team All-American in the Javelin. Now, Kerry, you're first time on the podcast, but you're not the first Harvey native. <laughs> really? Yeah. Can you, you probably could guess who the other one was. Uh, Stevie Keller? Yes, it was. Yep. <laughs> we had him on at the end of the indoor conference. So um, yeah, you're not the first in that regard, but welcome to the show. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, you are just a few days away from the Olympic trials. Now, what day will you actually throw? I throw Friday. Okay, yeah. At sorry. 1 p.m. their time. Yeah, so you are just a few days away. And for you, it's well, been a Well, next Friday. Next Friday. Next. Okay, yeah. so a little bit more than a few days away. Yeah. But, I mean, it's coming up so quick. It's been a long season, a long training block. You guys don't compete indoors. At the beginning of the season, would you have guessed that you would be in this position right now? The beginning of the season was a little rocky. I mean, jab training is like really taxing on the body. So honestly, you just never know what the spring is going to hold. But I mean, with Eskimo Relays, I had like high hopes to like make it to nationals. And my goal was to be a first team All-American, which was awesome just to experience that and reach that goal. So, yeah, I mean, being a part of the Olympic trials, I think is such an honor and I'm just really excited and grateful to have that next week. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And same thing. Stevie also competed at the Olympic trials. So you're not the first Harvey native. Yeah. You, there can't be too many of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His mom was telling me how when she watched him compete at the Olympic trials and the atmosphere and just the crowd is just amazing she said so I'm really excited to experience that mm -hmm. now you 
just mentioned, you came off of a first-team All-American finish, fifth place in the Javelin. And first of all, congratulations. Thanks. But second, I want to ask you, it was like a pretty good mock-up. You know, being at Eugene in the stadium, you'll be competing at next Friday. Yeah, tell us what was the atmosphere of NCAAs like? Just kind of walk us through your your series, your throws, and just all the emotions you felt from start to finish. I mean, to start when we first got there and we practiced and I just got to experience the runway just by myself, no other like teammates or anyone. It was unbelievable. Like there was literally nobody in the stadium and it still had like, holy crap, this is like high level performance here. And there was nobody in the stands. It was just crazy. (laughs) And, you know, warming up for the, for my flight. And I was in the first flight. So I was like, honestly, I don't know what to expect and I don't know how it's going to go. I'll just give it my best. It was mm-hmm. a little nerve wracking, but it was awesome. All the girls were great and we were all kind of in the same boat. And honestly, I think it was a blessing to be in the first flight just because this year Javelin's been a very high competition with Corona and everyone being healthy. So I think we gave the second flight a run for their money and <laughs> Mm-hmm. it worked out it was a lot of fun that's awesome and I mean how cool is it having some hardware now yeah yeah it's freaking cool and where, where do you keep it where is it right now <laughs> it's on my dresser in my bedroom okay it's next so, to I have a little stuffed bison mm-hmm. it's right next to that <laughs> oh that's so cool that's so awesome and do you feel like, would you agree, like, it was a really good trial run? Like, you got to throw there, you got to, yeah. like, do you feel like you're ready heading into the Olympic trials? Yeah, I feel like I'm more prepared, like, mentally, what to expect, like, how it's going to be ran. Like, with the officials and such, I think that's always just a scary thing coming into a meet, because you never know how much time you're going to get picking. Like, obviously, like, you get 30 minutes to warm up, but when you have 12 to 16 girls in a flight, it's it's a lot and you don't get a lot of throws off the runway. So you need to be warm and you need to be like knowing what to expect. And I think having that knowledge now, it'll help better prepare myself just to be ready warming up wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was that like an issue you kind of ran into? You didn't feel like you had a ton of time to warm up for NCAAs or was it sufficient? It was pretty sufficient. I think the main thing was when we came to finals from flight one, we had just been like in a tent for like an hour so I think that was like the biggest challenge coming like kind of off cold and having to do full throws off the runway yeah that's always tough and I feel like that's not uncommon at like these bigger championships like whether it's NCAAs or like a a trials or even like a world's you'll hear stories about people that warm up and then they have to sit there for so long and wait for the actual competition to start yeah I've been really fortunate this year. I've never had to do that until now. So it was yeah. a good learning experience. Yeah, I guess the first time for everything. And good thing that was like last weekend and it still went really well. So you feel prepared going into next weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, elite athletes are creatures of habit. Like you get a routine and you have your same regimen that you stick to time and time out, day in, day out. And one of the questions I hate the most hearing in interviews is when people are like, so how did you prepare differently for this one? Because most of the time, nothing changes in your routine. But yeah. I guess I need to ask, is there anything that you're doing differently for the trials? I'm guessing 
is it even a longer taper or what does the last couple of weeks of training look like? I mean, we threw today. The training's kind of in the same. We've knocked down our weights a little bit just so our bodies can kind of have a break just from traveling and everything. Everyone's feeling kind of sluggish and a little jet lagged, but honestly, like our in-season training is basically the same. Just working on maybe like touching up a little more on the technical side of things and you just really want things to fire well. So really working on like the little muscles and the little things that are going to help us throw farther. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. And you're going to leave on what day did you say you're flying out? We fly out next Tuesday, next Tuesday. So you'll fly out next Tuesday. And what do you think those days in between you arriving in Eugene to you competing? What might those days look like? I think we'll definitely do like some runway work and maybe some little picking. If I have Wednesday there, I'm not sure what they're going to have open for the track. Cause I'm guessing it's going to be different than NCAAs. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll go to like a community college, but just getting that like feel with picking is huge. Cause I mean, once you're there and we start picking, it's, it's hard to fix the little things when you're, when you're on competition mode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Now for just the people that are listening that aren't familiar with the term picking and maybe not familiar with javelin a whole lot, just tell us what that is. So picking basically is like, you're just trying to like get your arm loose and it's like a five to 10 meter, like throw just really light. You're just trying to feel the rhythm, feel the jab come through. You mainly want to feel the pull. I think that's the biggest part and get your arm warmed up because I can't imagine throwing a javelin without warming up. I think I'd blow out my arm. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to get a chance to also watch some events. You'll be competing, and I know you'll be focused and locked in on that, but are there any events that you're excited to see in person? I mean, I love watching Hammer, and I think it's awesome that we have Maddie and Hammer and Shelby and Shotput and Akili and Shotput. So honestly, probably Hammer and Shotput are going to be my most exciting and thrilling just because I get to cheer on my teammates one last time. and. Mm-hmm. I mean, represent the Bison and one of the most incredible events the USA has to offer to us. So, yeah, and that's so great that you're going to be able to cheer on those teammates one last time. You know, like Maddie mentioned and Shelby, both six year seniors. So, it'll be great to get them watch, get to watch them perform on the biggest stage and close up yeah. their careers. Now, I sent you a link. If you did not already see it, it's on your Instagram messages. It's a, a link to Tracktown Pizza. Have you ever eaten at Tracktown Pizza? No, we didn't go there. Okay, so we're 0 for 3 on people going to Tracktown Pizza. Maybe the next people we interview will step up to the plate. But I sent you the link to the pizzas. So when you do go to Tracktown Pizza and you have a slice, yes. which of these pizzas are you going to get? Oh, definitely the Hawaiian punch. Hawaiian punch. Okay. You and I both. Pineapple on pizza. You're a fan. Oh, yes. That's the only way I like pineapple. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. Sweet. Well, you definitely have to have a slice for me then. If you would have said like, you would have said like the gourmet or like (laughs) even the decathlon that's like got way too many tomatoes on it. I would have said, nah, forget about it. But you have to have a slice for me now. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Carrie. Well, thank you so much. Uh, the Prairie Track and Field Podcast wishes you the best of luck at the trials and we'll hopefully have you back on again sometime. Yeah. Thank you so much.
right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm hanging out with Peyton Otterdahl. And Peyton, you are in like a really unique position because everyone I've talked to so far, I've talked to Benji, I've talked to Kerry Wolf. And going into this Olympic trials, you've had the standard now for quite a while. Like some of these athletes just got it, but you've been waiting a long time to get a chance to compete at the Olympic trials. And um, it might sound kind of cliche because like you're a pro athlete. This is literally your job, but how have you been staying focused over the past year? Well, even since like before COVID happened, like going into 2020, the year or the whole entire goal, the entire uh, season was to try to make that Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with COVID postponing everything, uh, the goalposts have maintained the same. It's still, everything's coming down to this meet. Uh, all my training and everything has come down to, uh, just trying to earn a spot on the Olympic team. So, I mean, my, my motivation and, and my, my focus hasn't changed much in these last two years. It's all been the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you've been able to carry that really well into 2021. And just talk us through like maybe some of the past couple of meets you've been at. I know it's probably been a few weeks now since you've gotten the chance to compete, but how have you felt about 2021 and like your progression leading into the trials? The indoor season was good. Um, opened up a little rusty, but the rest of my indoor meets were all over 21 meters. Um, I was having consistency that I've never had in my career yet. Um, I would have multiple, multiple throws over 21 meters this past indoor season. Um, and a lot over the Olympic standard too, pretty consistently hitting that every meet. <clears throat> and then um, come outdoor season, it started off a little bit rougher. You know, my first two meets weren't weren't really anything that I was satisfied with. But going into my third meet, I actually hit an outdoor personal best for my uh, for the first time in two years. So, uh, and I ended up having like three throws in that comp over my old personal best. Um, Moving on to Tucson, had a couple of not great meets there. Uh, don't really have any excuses for that. Just wasn't, didn't perform well. Um, and then after that, I went down to Jacksonville for my first meet that I've ever had in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. I threw another solid, solid meet, um, 21 meters, 34, I think. Uh, so with another couple throws over the Olympic standard. So it's, it's getting better. It's been hit or miss, but, uh, I'm feeling pretty confident going in this weekend that I should be able to do something pretty good. Mm -hmm. Now. Okay. Two questions from that one. A lot of those indoor meets you had were a part of the American track league, which was kind of a new thing put on this year. I think maybe they'd tried to do something like it in the past, but thoughts on the American track league. Do you think it's going to stick around? And like, what was that experience like? I think it's great. The majority of the meets that I've done this year have been the American track leagues and it's giving people a lot of opportunity to compete in the U S that really hasn't been around, been available uh, in a long time. Um, And I really like what they've been doing for the outdoor meets where they're picking a different city in the U S for each one. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, to be able to go to these meets and go to some new places is really fantastic. It helps. It's good for the sport. They've all been on ESPN, which is also good because people have been able to, you know, get exposure to track and field. Um, So I'm hoping that this is something that continues and can build and hopefully they'll be able to get more sponsors and able to pay the athletes a little bit better. Um, But I think it's a good thing moving forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then my second question is just like, as a peasant, I just sit here and wonder like, dude, how sweet is it being a professional athlete? Um, It's great. I mean, my entire day is centered around my training. Um, And then outside of that, it's just about, 
you know, recovery, making sure I'm eating enough, which is, which is, you know, that's sometimes a, a tough thing to do because you got to, you know, constantly be eating when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. But, um, if I could say two things that the sport of being a professional and track and field has done for me, it's, it's, I've been able to, you know, travel the world and travel the U S and I've been able to meet people that I might've never met otherwise. So, uh, building those relationships with other athletes and, you know, seeing the, what the world and the country has to offer has been the two best parts. Yeah. And you're going to get to go out to a part of the U S that you're pretty familiar with, uh, heading back to Eugene. And what day do you actually compete at the trials? Uh, this Friday, the 18th. Okay, so coming up here pretty quick. So are you taking off probably tomorrow then? Yep, yep, flight leaves tomorrow. Okay, so your flight leaves tomorrow. You're competing on Friday. Just kind of like give us a brief walkthrough of what your time. Are you flying into Eugene or Portland? Portland. So from the time you touch down in Portland to the time that you're going to compete, what will those hours look like? <clears throat> well, I get in um... – I get in tomorrow night into Portland, drive down to Eugene immediately. I'm staying with my family there. Uh, tomorrow night, it's really just going to be about, you know, once we land to get to Eugene, it's going to be a shakeout to, you know, get some of the stiffness that will come with flying out. Um, make sure that I get a nice big meal. I'm thinking that I'm going to have to get Hawaiian time in Eugene at least a few times because it's just, it's Hawaiian barbecue and it's fantastic. <clears throat> Tomorrow it's probably going to be, or sorry, on Thursday, it's going to be getting all my accreditation and, and waiting in long lines to get all my, my credentials and stuff for, for the trials. And at some point I'll go do a shakeout at the, or at the track, feel the ring with my throwing shoes on, um, get a good warm up there. I'm not going to take any throws because I want to be fresh, but, mm-hmm. um, after that, make sure that I get an even bigger meal with lots of carbs and go to sleep, wake up and ready to compete. Yeah, dude. And you're going to be ready. Now you are, you know, competing as a part of Nike, but you're also competing as part of the power couple. You and your girlfriend, Maddie, she's going to be competing in the hammer. How excited are you to watch her? I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to, um, I'm trying to look at getting my flight switched right now because as of right now, I'm supposed to fly back on Saturday, but I'm looking into being able to fly back later. So I can see her compete, but it's pretty incredible. I mean, she, she watching her do the hammer, which is an event that I was never very good at. is just amazing. Um, I can't do the things she does. So I just have so much respect and awe whenever I watch her compete. Yeah, no. And that's so cool. Like just to be able to have that, in common i mean like a lot of couples have things in common but not too many have the fact that they'll be competing on like the pinnacle to the world's biggest stage together so that's that's pretty sweet yeah i can't imagine that there's too many couples that are uh, gonna be competing there can you like can you think of any off the top of your head because i'm i'm struggling i know ryan krauser and his girlfriend is a pole vaulter um she'll be there so that's one power couple that i can think of right off the bat okay yeah, I can't I can't think of any others. I'm sure there's a, probably a few more out there, but dude, right I'm sure on. there is. Yeah. Um I you know, but I think I would take like you guys if uh if I like got into like any trouble. Like I don't think like if there's any sprinters or anything, I think I'd want you guys on my team. You're you're <laughs> like the true power couple. Yeah, she she definitely can hold her own, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, so 
last serious question and then I got a little bit of a silly one for you, but you've been on several USA teams before, like you got to be on like the junior Pan Ams and you got to be on team USA for the match uh, a couple summers ago. And, but like, what would it mean for you to be an Olympian and represent the United States? It would mean everything to me. I mean, I think everybody who does a sport that is in the Olympics, you know, even when they're a little kid, that's like the ultimate goal. There is nothing higher than that. There's no greater honor in our sport. So to be able to represent the U.S. on the highest stage is just like an unbelievable honor. And I'm really hoping that I can make it happen this Friday because that would be truly, truly a dream come true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. And you've come a long way. and It's been amazing to watch you on your journey. You know what? You know, my first memory of you, you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. We were in the dining center and I think you were sitting by yourself and um, I came up because I was also going to sit by myself. I was like, oh, there's that Peyton guy. Say, hey, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, not too much. I'm uh, looking at buying some LARPing swords, some live action <laughs> role play swords. So the guy that uh, that was looking at LARPing swords will hopefully be earning a spot. <laughs> not not hopefully. You've got a really good shot to represent the U.S. So that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, unfortunately, I never saw it through and bought those. But uh, I know that in high school, there was a LARPing club at the high school that I went to and I went to a couple of those, uh, their meetings were every Friday and at the same time, every Friday being on the football team that week, we had our games on Friday. So I would always not tell anyone that I was going there because I'm sure that the coaches or teammates would get mad at me for, you know, goofing around like that before a game, but (laughs) it was totally worth it. I built my own foam swords and everything out of like PVC pipe and like insulation, not insulation foam, but uh, Mm -hmm. like a type of foam that our pipe insulation foam that you can buy at like, uh, you know, any, any Home Depot or Menards and made a whole variety of weapons made like a PVC bow with a string where you shot arrows tipped with PVC or with foam on them. And no way. Did the whole thing. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Like I was even, you know, I, I never did this seriously, but I always thought like NDSU should have a LARP club. And if they don't like I thought maybe I could try starting it, but I wouldn't have the time for that with track and field and everything and probably don't want to risk getting injured. So mm-hmm. never saw that uh, to fruition. Hey, well, the first dream makes the Olympic team and your second dream, maybe you can start like a, a LARP club at some point. I would always be down for that. Okay. Now I just texted you a link and when it pops up, I'm going to have you click on it. Have you been to Tracktown Pizza in Eugene? I have not. Dude, what's up? All these people, Tally hasn't been to Tracktown Pizza. Benji hasn't been there. You haven't been there. Carrie hasn't been there. I've got like a couple more people we're going to be interviewing for this episode. We'll see if they can pick up the slack. But let's say you happen to end up at Tracktown Pizza and you're looking at the pizza menu right now. Which one are you going with? Hmm. Let's see here. And for people that can't see the menu, they've got some like interesting names. Some of them are named after events. Yeah, I'm looking at the 5,000 meters here. Ooh, can you tell us what's on that one? That's Canadian bacon, salami, pepperoni, mushrooms, red onions, linguicha, and sausage. That's pretty. That sounds pretty good, but I got to look at the rest of them here before I can make a decision. Okay, I'm glad you said linguicha that way because that's how I pronounced it too, and I wasn't sure if I was right. So that was a guess, but. Yeah, you know, it's it sounds right. Mm-hmm. 
I don't even know what Linkweecha is. Never heard of that before. Never have either. I don't, I don't see any, uh, I see a hammer throw, but I didn't see any shot, but I would imagine that that would be all meat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the, if they even have an all meat one. The heptathlon <laughs> is looking pretty, pretty meaty. Canadian bacon, salami, pepperoni, linguiccia, ground beef, Italian sausage. I think I've got it down to two. I would probably go with, honestly, that 5,000 meters sounded pretty good. Or okay. just like the classic buffalo chicken. Ooh. Okay. Wait, are you the reason when we would travel all the time that Lars would order like 17 out of the 20 pizzas as barbecue chicken? Not at all. Don't get me wrong. Buffalo chicken pizza I like. Barbecue chicken pizza is almost inedible to me. It's especially um, especially the pizza ranch. Buffalo chicken, it is just one of the worst. Wait, I'm not a fan. Wait, hold on. Barbecue chicken is one of the worst or buffalo chicken is one of the Sorry, worst? Sorry, did I say buffalo? I meant barbecue. Okay. Okay. Just want to clarify. Yeah. Buff- barbecue chicken is just not not it doesn't belong on a pizza barbecue chicken on its own is delicious but on a pizza it's usually not very good okay hey well we really appreciate you coming on telling us about your larping background telling us about the pizza you like but i mean most importantly just telling us about how much the pursuit of this goal has meant to you and how you're preparing and everything that you're going to give on friday so we wish you the best of luck my man Thank you so much, Ryan. And thank you for having me on and, you know, sharing a little bit of my story with, uh, with your followers. So I really appreciate that. Dude, absolutely. I know we're bending the rules a little bit. You're not a North Dakota native, but we might have to have you back on again sometime. Hey, Minnesota is close enough. I'm actually closer to Fargo than, you know, some of these other North Dakota natives. You know, Dude. it's a four, it's a three and a half hour drive from my hometown. So uh, there's people, you know, from I'm closer to Fargo than Riley Dolezal was growing up. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> good stuff. All right. Hey, good luck. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Yep. See you, Peyton. See ya. I'm hanging out with Matty Nillis, fresh off of another first team All-American status. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Now, sixth place, um, was it what you were hoping for? I mean, as an athlete, you're always hoping for more. But just like right. talking through the, like, the series, how you felt that day, and, and kind of everything in the competition. Right. Um, I mean, practice the week before, Tally and I were the only ones throwing hammer in. Uh, we practiced really well. Um, I mean, we were firing at all cylinders, body was feeling good. Brain was feeling good. Things were connected, ready to rock. And then we did our pre-meets out there on Monday and Tuesday, um, in Eugene, um, body felt good. Wasn't, weren't too shaky and didn't have the nerves, but it was like a confident, like I feel good, ready to rock. Um, practice was pretty solid. Can't, can't complain. You couldn't really see how far they were going because they didn't have the lines out, but you kind of like gauge like how just based off how it felt. 
Um, so yeah, I felt really good, really confident, um, more confident than I felt throughout the year, um, in certain meets. So, uh, I felt like I was really going to open up, open up and just kind of let the, let the numbers fall. Um, so, I mean, going into first round, you're always a little nervous because you don't want to follow your first one just because you, you got to do it in three first. You can't guarantee getting into finals. Um, so you just got to going in, go in knowing that you're only going to get three throws to begin with. So first throw, I think it was like a 66, I think something like that. So I was kind of like, all right, like wasn't too aggressive just because I wanted to get a, a good mark. And I messed up my entry a little bit on the first throw. So just a nice corrected, easy throw for a mark. And then, and then I threw second round 67. I was a little bit closer, a little more aggressive. Um, and then I think my th- third round was 68, uh, 60 or whatever the highest mark was. Um, that one felt pretty good. Um, I was kind of sitting in fourth after prelims. So that felt good. Um, and then I felt kind of like that next gear come on where kind of started like breathing heavy, open up the nostrils. Like, yes, like this is the time to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of getting that like, all right, let's just compete and just uh, let her book was kind of the saying that Justin and I were saying, just like, let's just do it. Um, so first round into finals, uh, it was just trying to be aggressive and just move the ball. So, my first throw in the finals, it moved really well, but then it hit ticked the net because um, I was trying to be a little more linear off the finish. So it kind of hit the right side of the net. So I was like, dang it. And it still went like 64 meters. So I was kind of like, oh, that was that was the one. So I was kind of frustrated after that one. And then the next two throws just never really hooked it up. We're just trying to go for it and never really got the connection I was needing. So. I mean, yeah, it's hard to complain um, about a first-team All-American, sixth-place finish. I mean, watching Cam and uh, throws the collegiate record and then throw 75 on her last throw is impressive. It just you just gotta acknowledge it and appreciate it, without a doubt. So it was cool to be a part of the first, you know, NCAA championships in Eugene, and it was a good comp all the way through. And a lot of girls had PRs, and I was hoping it to be one of those girls, but. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. Now I was watching you throw. I was lucky enough to have the live stream and you know, I'm, I'm such a, like a nostalgic guy. Like <laughs> man, there it is. Like Maddie's last meet is a bison, but you'll, <laughs> you'll be wearing the bison kit at the trials. Correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's, it's the chapter isn't quite over. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like emotional, but it was, I knew it wasn't the end quite yet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, that's how it was with Shelby as well. It's kind of like, yeah, you always want to do better um, for your NCA performance because this is kind of like, this is it. This is the pinnacle of our careers. Um, but then knowing we were coming back in two weeks for the trials is still, still really cool. I mean, it's just something to kind of hang your hat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now, like, going into this meet, you'll get to probably compete against a lot of those people you just finished competing against. Mm-hmm. How about some of the throwers that will be, you know, the more of the professional ones, people that you haven't maybe competed against a whole lot. Um, how do you prepare for that atmosphere? It should be pretty similar, same place, right. same hammering, but just the atmosphere of the Olympic trials, how are you going to prepare? Um, and how have you been preparing for this meet? Um, it's been pretty similar. I mean, definitely this week, it's kind of like, 
you still got to prepare for just three throws. Um, mm-hmm. That's just kind of the mentality of you got to turn it on right away and you just got to go for it. Um, same with Tally, that's what we we're kind of talking about today. And he's like, it's either going to go in the net or it's going to go 74 meters. Like there's just no holding back. Mm-hmm. So it's um, definitely just kind of putting it all out there. Um, this, that's kind of been the training mentality this week. Um, and yeah, like going into the meet, um, I'm not sure if I'm in first flight or second flight. I'm not sure. Uh, I think I'm like 12, 13. So I may right on the edge of either or. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it'd be an advantage, I think, to be at first flight where I don't have to see the big names and kind of like these really, really far throws. I can just worry about my three throws, try to win the flight and then make finals. Um, that's kind of the goal is just to make finals. So it wouldn't be out of the I don't have to do anything crazy. <laughs> I would have to compete really well, but yeah. hoping for it. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's just the thing with the field events. Like, you don't see it as much in the running events, but like, if you're on, like, it's anyone's game. Like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that'll be great. Now, what day do you actually throw? Thursday, next, the 24th, I think. Okay. So yep. you still, you got, still have a little bit of time here to yep. get ready. Awesome. Now I asked Peyton about being a part of like the power couple, like you guys seriously put the power in, in power couple, but how excited are you? To, will you be out there to watch him? I will not. Unfortunately, okay. I was hoping NDSU would fly us out early to watch, but mm-hmm. couldn't swing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just like, what does it mean to have like somebody so important in your life also competing at the trials? I mean, it's, it's been, uh, the last few weeks here it's been focused mm-hmm. <laughs> even at home it's just kind of like we're preparing our bodies and and our mind like every night and just like okay we get home let's eat like rest shower get to bed it's been very routine um for the both of us um obviously my ncas was uh last week or two weeks ago so um now it's his turn it's now it's his turn to kind of like peak and kind of do what you got to do and business trip that's kind of the mentality um it's yeah it is fun to be able to do it but it's definitely a lot of a lot of business to to do <laughs> things to accomplish yeah yeah oh absolutely now i'm in iowa right now okay, okay. So, and you grew up in dubuque right yep okay so i mean your goal since you've been to college you've had such success and this has probably been a goal for you know a couple of seasons now but when you signed with NDSU out of high school, like, did you ever think of your career reaching these heights? Not a chance. <laughs> so yeah, I was recruited to be a disc star and I came in weighing 150, pretty skinny and got mistaken as a cross country girl quite often. And uh, so I just remember recruiting Amanda Anderson. I was her host and we we're doing like a tour on the track showing around and we saw the banners up on the wall and and Amanda's like, oh, like, what do you have to do to be up there? And Justin's like, Maddie will be up there. She'll be up there. And I was kind of like, yeah, in my dreams, you know, I kind of like <laughs> joked it off. And um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a lot of work for it. Um, never thought I'd get this far. It's just kind of been surreal. Um, so that's why, I mean, it's always hard to, to know from where you came to where I'm at. It's such a long journey. I mean, six years is a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a, it's been a journey, but yeah, I'd never thought I'd be at this level of where I'm at. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, Justin would beg to differ. He'd be like, I always knew. I'm like, yeah, did you really? Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, yeah. I mean, I remember you as a freshman. Yeah. Like, just the transformation and like from where you started to where you finished, it's Mm -hmm. amazing. I mean, you can say that for a lot of people that come through the program, but to reach the success that you have, it's been fun to watch. For sure. Now, I don't know. And I have to give a shout out to like our teammates and like the people that paved the way for the success to happen. And like the standard, like Alex Renner, when he made it to nationals, we're like, Oh my God, that was the coolest thing ever. And like, he's our one guy that made it. And now we have four to six of us going out every year, you know? So it's, it's been really cool to be a part of that uh, process of the buys and throws and like the legacy of it. So I definitely have to give them a shout out as well. Yeah. And like, how cool that you're hopefully paving the way for another generation of throwers to come. For sure. (laughs) Now, I don't know if you've got your phone with you, but I just sent you a message on Instagram. Um, It's a link to the track town pizza menu. Okay. So we've had four people interviewed so far for this episode. You're number five. And you will be, if you say yes, you'll be the first. Have you eaten that track town pizza before? I have not. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> we always like, hey, direct to pizza. I just drive right past. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> but I have not. <laughs> okay. So that's hypothetical situation. You okay. bypass track town pizza again. You say, hey, track town Let's pizza. stop. And somehow the car turns in. All right. And you look at their pizza menu Ooh. right now. They've got some fun names. Some are named after events. Some just yeah, say so I just saw the hammer. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, tell me what pizza, if the car turns into Tracktown Pizza, which one are you going to eat? Oh, there's so many. I'm definitely not a tomato girl. Okay. So, that kind of eliminates a few. I mean, the hammer looks pretty good. I might be biased. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, garlic chicken. Ooh, the 5,000. That looks good. <laughs> that's, that's what Peyton chose. Really? <laughs> uh, he, he narrowed it down to two. That was one of them. I'll say that the 5,000. Okay, the 5,000. Just not, real quick. Not to copy Peyton, but that looks good. Well, I mean, it sounds like you guys are made for each other. Can you, <laughs> yeah. can you just tell us what's on the 5,000? Canadian bacon, salami, pepperoni, fresh mushrooms, red onions and sausage hold on you can't skip that one ingredient (laughs) and i weren't sure how to pronounce it either i don't know either (laughs) best guess uh i I don't know (laughs) so that's not quite how i have no idea we said linguicha but who knows that's right all right (laughs) okay Hey, well, thank you so much for taking some time to hop on. Thanks for having me, man. It's I've always listened to a few episodes. <laughs> Good. And we'll have to get you guys on for like a, a longer episode sometime too. Yeah, for sure. Do a little quizzing of each other. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, now you're giving me that. So it <laughs> okay. has to happen now. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Hey, good luck. Yeah. Thanks, man.